Welcome to the Terry and Jesse show. Jess will be back next week. My good friend Matt Arnold is here with us. Today's topic is going to be interesting, folks. Put your seatbelt on. We're going to be talking about Nancy Pelosi. She's doubling down on abortion support in response to Archbishop's communion ban on her. We're also going to be covering an update on Cardinal Zen. Uh, he talks about martyrdom is normal for our church. Well, that's, that's true when we have 2,000 years of history. And uh, what I find fascinating is two messages Our Lady has given to us. One recently, Our Lady of Akita, which was done back in 1973. And then one hundreds of years ago, Our Lady of Good Success, which Matt Arnold is an expert on. And we're also going to talk about the Ascension Thursday feast today, and some churches will apply it to this coming Sunday, but here at the Anglican Ordinariate, their converts to the faith, we had a beautiful 6.30 a.m. Mass. It was just glorious, and I want to talk about that feast and much, much more. Matt, welcome to uh, the Terry and Jesse Show, and thanks for joining us. Well, thanks, Terry. It's great to be here, as always. Absolutely. Well, if you were Jesse, I'd say, Jess, let's read some soul food <laughs> and uh, the one I wanted to pick is for the ascension of our Lord. Um, it's Matthew, uh, Mark, excuse me. Yeah, it's uh, Mark chapter 16, verse 15 to 20. And I'd like to ask Matt if you would be so kind to read that gospel for us. Absolutely. He said to them, go into the whole world and proclaim the gospel to every creature. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. These signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak new languages. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will not harm them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So then the Lord Jesus, after he spoke to them, was taken up into heaven and took his seat at the right hand of God. But they went forth and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the word through accompanying signs. Thus far the words of the Holy Gospel. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Matt, I want to get your take on that, because um, I know our Lord said was taken up into heaven and he took a seat at the right hand of God, but this is a mandate for us, is it not? It is. You know, Terry, um, <clears throat> this past Sunday, mm -hmm. uh, the Gospel was from John 14, right? It's a uh, uh, during that farewell discourse at the Last Supper where he tells the apostles, peace be with you, my peace I give you. Mm -hmm. And he tells them, you know, let not your hearts be troubled, be not afraid. But there's a um, <clears throat> a line in it that actually has to do with today, which is when he's, where Jesus says in, in John 14, 28, the Father is greater than I. Now, of course, as Catholics, we believe that God the Son, God the Father, God the Holy Spirit are, are all co-eternal and, and, and equal. That's right. But by taking on our human nature, God the Son becomes the Son of God and the Son of Man. Mm -hmm. He willingly submits to the Father, uh, just as he submitted to the physical limitations of his, of his humanity, so that he might be an example for us and so that he might suffer for us. And, and St. Paul says in Philippians 2, verse 6, Though he was in the form of God, he did not regard equality with God as something to be grasped. And the scholars tell us this is an ancient Christian hymn, like a liturgical hymn. I don't know if it was written by St. Paul or if he's quoting it. But it has that, that full breadth of the mystery of Christ, uh, which is expressed in, in the two major aspects of descent and return. Okay? Absolutely. That during, during his stay on earth, he was deprived of his glory that belongs to him by right. 
so that he could receive it again from the Father as a reward for that supreme sacrifice. Mm. So he descends into the ultimate depths of abasement, accepting death, even death on a cross, as Scripture says. But then the movement's reversed, and the Father glorifies him, makes the universe subject to him, takes him up not only in his divinity, but in his humanity, to sit at his right hand and gives him the supreme prerogative, gives him the, the, the divine title of Lord and King. And, you know, I think in the context of St. Paul's comment, mm -hmm. that he's, he's, he's thinking about the pride mm -hmm. of, of mere creatures who want to be equal to God, right? Which was the temptation that caused the fall of, of man. And, and the one that dogs us still. Yeah. We want to decide for ourselves what's good and evil. Okay, all the stuff we're going to talk about today, whether it's Nancy Pelosi in communion or, or Cardinal Zen mm -hmm. uh, uh, versus the, the, the communist government, you know, uh, it, it all kind of boils down to that, that this, you know, or transgenderism, which we're not going to talk about, thankfully, today. But what, what are all these things except a, a vain attempt to usurp the sovereignty of God? Right. You know, and so St. Paul contrasts that with the, the sacrificial self-giving and self-denial of Christ which is, uh, you know, the whole mystery of the incarnate Son of God that he's chanting there, you know, with such clarity, his preexistence, his abasement, his exaltation, right, his ascension into heaven. Mm -hmm. but, but Paul's doing that with a purpose that I think we need to think about, right. which is beyond the praise of Christ, which is to exhort us to live the demands of our baptism. Amen. You know, my, my uh, youngest daughter was just confirmed Great. over the weekend, and, and how wonderful to be there with the bishop as a successor of the apostles, leading us in the renewal of our baptismal promises. That stuff, you know, as a convert, oh, yeah. it always hits me hard sure. to, to look at this man and say, this, this man can, had laid hands laid on him by a man who had hands laid on him, et cetera, et cetera, all the way back to the apostles. Mm -hmm. nowhere, nowhere else in the world do you experience that, except in the Catholic Church. Well said. I love talking to converts. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, I just wanted to mention, you know, again, a Christ ascension is meant to lift us up lift up our hearts as we as it helps us to drop to our knees. Mm, that's <laughs> okay? a beautiful sentiment. I, eh? I really thought when I read that I said I have to share that because it touched me. It is yeah. meant to help us grow to full stature in Christ. As we respond to his confidence in making us his missionaries that you just were referring to. Right. Together with the Holy Spirit to renew the face of the earth. It's meant to fill us even now with lasting joy. See, Matt, I talked to you off the air, and I said, Matt, this is the stuff I love to talk about. Yeah. I mean, I have to say right now that I need to pray. Anybody can talk about politics. I know, you know? <laughs> I know. And what most is important is not the politics, it's our faith. And I wanted to pray right now for all those young children that were murdered by this mm. deluded man uh, who killed them in Texas. And I wanted just to Say a prayer for all them right now. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. A Hail Mary together. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with, with thee. Blessed, blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed, blessed is the is fruit, fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Jesus. Holy, Mary, Holy Mary, Mother, Mother of God, God, pray for, pray for us, us sinners now, now and at, the, and at hour the hour of our death. Amen. amen. And the reason I pray for them is because the family is under attack. Think about all these guys that have been shooting people. They all come with mental problems. They mm -hmm. all come from families without a father at home. Have you noticed that, folks? Mm -hmm. Nobody in the media said this. And nobody in the media talked that I know of talked about this young man. I saw the picture of him dressed as a woman. Mm -hmm. He's supposedly a transgender. We have, we're going to talk about it. I'm just saying he was mixed up. Okay? So sure. God have mercy on him. 
But you see, it needs to come back to the family. All of this comes back to the family. And that brings me right to which Bishop Fulton Sheen is going to share with us. So let's bring the smartest guy into the room. Archbishop Sheen, full, full Sheen ahead. June is around the corner. And what happens in June? A lot of weddings. Unfortunately, folks, statistics right now, we're, we have lost about 50% of the normal weddings we have in our church. Sad to say, because we haven't been focused on the family. Now, Bishop Sheen wrote a book, Three to Get Married. Matt, you're very familiar with it. Sure we thing. actually give it out as a download on our website. But listen to what Bishop Sheen said about young couples and see if this is great advice. I thought it was fantastic. He said, it's, very, it's, <clears throat> it's deep, but pay attention. Put your seatbelt on. Here's what Fulton Sheen says. If young couples can pray together, it means that they have the same sense of right and wrong, which is essential for happiness. Mm. That statement right there is gold. Nothing makes courtesy and charm as much as a conscience. I love that line. (laughs) This is gold. I wish I could have said that. I didn't. Mm -hmm. Bishop Sheen said it. If there are prayers... To, if they pray together, then the love of a husband and wife will not be dejected to one another as an object, but rather both will point as arrows to the infinite outside of them. Do you see the difference of marriage from the worldly sort of view and from a spiritual point of view? Bishop mm-hmm. Keen says, prayer will avoid the disillusionment in which one may say to another, and this is powerful, He says, I sought of thee a soul. I found only a body. He who is not spiritual in the flesh will become carnal in the soul. Mm. I I don't know, Matt. I I read these quotable scenes and I say, man, this man had it together. He he really understood theology and philosophy and they were bred together. Right. Well, that's the thing. I'm on... You know, I'll give a plug for my show, sure. No Nonsense Catholic, yes, which is live do. every Wednesday. And of course, it's available on the app and the and the, the website. But I talked a, a little bit about, actually, for the past couple of weeks, about something they call doom scrolling, right, where people scroll through social media yeah. or or on the, go surf the internet, sure. and especially going from you know uh, stories that are that are negative, that are upsetting, you know, and and how how that uh, militates against being able to get a good night's sleep and you know disturbs your peace of, of mind, peace of soul. And and I was uh, referring to an article where the guy's saying there's there's very little from uh, the church in regard, not just, I mean, there's stuff about the internet, but he says they haven't really addressed this specific problem. And there's, I, I went to Thomas Akempis and found the solution right there in the <laughs> Invitation of Christ. And you can go back further and go into to St. James or even the book of Proverbs. Right. It's not like any of this is new, nothing new under the sun. You know, these these are, uh, it's just part of the human condition. And the answer is always the same. It's our Lord Jesus Christ. Well said, Matt. We come back. I got some great news from Oklahoma. I think I might move to Oklahoma after you hear (laughs) this. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Stay with us, family. We have much more to inspire you to fall deeper in love with Jesus Christ and his bride, the church. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back. Matt Arnold sitting in for Jess Romero. I said I had a little teaser about Oklahoma, moving to Oklahoma. Wait till you hear this, Matt. 
Governor Kevin Sitt signed into law Wednesday a measure that the press, secular press, is calling the strictest abortion ban in the nation. On top of other, yeah, the pro-life laws that could take an effect with the U.S. Supreme Court uh, overturning Roe versus Wade. This is HB 4327. It bans any procedure that causes the death of an unborn child, except in the case of rape, incest, or to save the mother's life. Like the Texas Heartbeat Act, it would be in- enforced via lawsuits brought by Oklahoma residents, punishable by at least a $10,000 per abortion. Now, the governor signed this law Wednesday, declaring the next day that he was proud to do so. Listen to what he says. I mean, it's just great. He says, life begins at conception is when we have the responsibility as humans to do everything to, we do to protect babies' lives and the life of a mother. And here's what the governor said, unlike my governor and yours in California. Mm-hmm. He says, I promise Oklahomans that as governor, I will sign every piece of pro-life legislation that comes across my desk, and I am proud <laughs> to keep that promise. And just the opposite in California. He's going right. to sign just the opposite. Now, he says, this is what I believe that is what the majority of Oklahomans believe. And he says, if other states want to pass different laws, that is their right. But in Oklahoma, we will always stand up for life. That, that is such good news. I know there's, yeah. a, there's a very— It sounds like Joshua. As for me in my house, we will yeah. serve the Lord. But I put before you today a choice, life or death. Absolutely. Choose life. Thank you. And, and I might add, folks, there's a very traditional— uh, monastery in Oklahoma. Is that still there, Matt? The one? Yeah, yeah. We're still sending them a check every month, I think. <laughs> <laughs> good. Well, I would say that's a good investment on your soul for doing that. I think uh, there are great people out there. And I just want to mention that Oklahoma, I give my, my hat is off to them. I wish other states would follow because we really have a battle up coming up here. Talking about that topic of abortion, Jet mm. Matthew, uh, Nancy Pelosi doubles down on abortion support in response to the communion ban, uh, she responded publicly Tuesday, you know, uh, barring her from holding communion. And what's interesting about what she has to say, she gave no indication that her position on abortion and how she speaks about it as a Catholic will change. So she's got no repentance here. She's basically mm-hmm. saying this, Matt, and see if this... <laughs> She's equating. She says, I wonder about the death penalty. Yeah, I'm looking at that quote right now. Go ahead. Okay, well, you go ahead. <laughs> take it. I, I want to let you, I, I want to give you more airtime, brother. Okay, I wonder take? about the death penalty, which mm-hmm. I am opposed to. So mm-hmm. is the church. But they take no action against people who may not share their view, she said on MSNBC. Yep. Uh, Monday or morning Joe, uh, just a uh, day before yesterday. Yep. Well, you know, Terry, that's the kind of thing that that's uh, we know that, um, speaking of the church, that uh, Pope Benedict XVI spoke definitively on this. That's right. That that is, that the death penalty is something that people can, you know, Catholics can legitimately uh, um, have differing opinions because the execution of a criminal is not the taking of an innocent life. That's See, that's, sure. that's the difference. You got it. Uh, you know, a, a, an abortion takes an innocent life. And, and you know, uh, whereas a criminal is paying for his crimes. You may agree or disagree with that. You may, you know, work to, for its abolishment as far as I am. No more yeah. power to you. Go knock yourself out. But don't try and equate abortion uh, with, with the execution of a criminal because it's apples and oranges. And Nancy Pelosi is not stupid. No, she's okay? not. So, and I know that, uh, I guess, you know, Pope Francis has made his position pretty clear. But again, as we've covered on these programs, 
quite extensively. He is not. He changed the catechism, but he can't change the teaching of the church. Right. You know, I mean, he says it's not admissible. That's not even a, a, a theological category. No, it's not. Rather like, you know, Terry, I just let me get this off my chest. Well, I want to <laughs> now I, I set you up for this. Go ahead, man. I'm sitting back and listening. Well, well it's you know, I, you intend to talk about Cardinal Zen later. I and do. and we're talking about the abortion issue and Catholics who agree or disagree. The, the fact of the matter is we use these terms all the time, these political terms like conservative and liberal, and those are not religious categories. You know, orthodox and heterodox, those are religious categories. Catholic versus heretic, those are religious categories. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I was reading an article uh, on the uh, National uh, Catholic Register yes. about Ms. Pelosi and her and her stand. Right. And, and they talked about how, you know, you can't be pro-abortion, uh, especially unilaterally the way she is, and, and be an authentic Catholic. But that's not really true. You know, our Lord gave that, that dissertation in... in at the Last Supper, that it's like the vine and the branches. You become a dead branch. You know, she's not she's not a non-Catholic. She's a dead Catholic. Exactly. You know, and and the thing is, if you if you're spiritually dead when you pass out of this life, where are you going to spend eternity, Terry? A uh, hell. That's just how it works. So what's Archbishop Cordelioni doing? Is he doing charity. something political? No, it's charity. It's charity. Yeah. He this this is an attempt. On his Bring part, to help save her soul. Exactly. And her response is, um, I think the last time she was asked publicly, her response was, "Whatever." Yeah, that's that's pretty sick. You know, there it is. Yeah, Matt. She also said, and this is insulting for me. She says, "I think it's very insulting to women to have their ability to make their own decisions hampered by politics. This should never have been politicized." What about the baby <laughs> girls? I mean, can you imagine? Should, should never have been politicized. That's yes. Funny. <clears throat> and then Pelosi yeah. calls abortion a cover for a lot of things for the far right wants to accomplish and conclude that now a woman's decision regarding abortion is a kitchen table issue. <clears throat> you know, I, I would just say out of charity for Nancy Pelosi, repent and believe in the gospel because the gospel is pro-life. Mm -hmm. Our Lord said life is sacred. You know, the commandments of we cannot... Thou shalt not murder, okay? That's what the commandment says, innocent life. And so mm -hmm. when she says, you know, this the far right, is she including Jesus in there? I guess so, because wow. he, certainly, uh, he certainly made wow. his vision very clear. Yeah. And, and again, too, when, when the uh, wow. governor of Oklahoma is talking about, uh, you know, life beginning at conception, <clears throat> that's not a religious no, that's just a standpoint. That's, that's a scientific standpoint. Of course it's it just, is. Yeah, it's just biology. Mm hmm Maybe in 1972, 1973, that was an open question. It certainly isn't now. That's for sure. And Matt, I just, I just will say this, that we pray for her and for President Joseph Biden, because these are names that are Catholic and they're disillusioned. I'll say at best. I mean, I personally am not there to judge them on their judgment seat. That's what our Lord will do. But well, sure. Well, let, let, me, let me just offer this, yes. uh, that uh, it must needs that scandals come, but woe to the one by whom they come. Well said. Better for that one to have a millstone tied around his neck and be thrown into the depths of the sea. That's Jesus. That's his opinion. Okay. Yep, yep. So don't talk to me about it. I love it. Yeah. Well, that's why having a biblical worldview makes sense in every aspect of our life. Because what happens when we don't have a biblical view, we have our individual view. We're prejudiced about what we want to have our view. And like I said, what we as Christians, Catholic Christians say, we've given our life to Christ. We don't have, uh, we've, we said, Jesus, we give it all to you. 
I want to do what you want me to do. And I would ask Joe uh, Biden, I would ask Nancy Pelosi, anybody who's for killing unborn babies, this one question. What do you think Jesus's position is? Mm -hmm. Because that's what really matters in life. That's why, again, uh, we have pride in our life. We have to root our pride out. And the way that we root pride out is by giving ourselves to Christ in all aspects of our life. Okay, Matt, I just wanted to mention something else, the good to know file. Pfizer is telling the federal judge that Pfizer owns the federal government. Are you, is this microphone on? Okay. Mm. And is thereby immune to normal contract laws. Remember I said two years ago, Matt, that when this COVID-19 thing hit, <coughs> that mm -hmm. the vaccines are going to be giving us, they have no liability, so that when they give you this experimental vaccine, <coughs> you get sick, you, you have, have no, no recourse. Recourse. Yeah. And I said, yeah. that to me is a red flag. Okay. And I still say that. And I, I just ask what, I ask everybody, what did you buy? What service do you take where there's no liability on the individual company that you're, you've hired to do a job? No one. They're mm -hmm. in a league of their own and they're making billions of dollars and also using something that I consider immoral. Okay, because it's tied into uh, um, abortion. Right. And I think that, uh, you know, I can disagree with Catholics all the way up to the top on this, but my conscience says it's not for me. Right. Well, amen to that. Amen to that. I, I have nothing to add. I didn't think so. But Matt, <laughs> I want to remind everybody, when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about Our Lady uh, of uh, Kida. We're going to talk about Our Lady of Good Success in these next two segments. This is very important because remember Our Lady, it's the same Blessed Mother, whether it's Guadalupe, mm -hmm. Fatima, it's the same mom. But right. I wanted to remind everybody, pray for me. I leave tomorrow morning for Sacramento. I'm going to be giving a talk to about 20,000 people, rosaries for priests, and uh, Father Don Calloway will be the other speaker and we are going to encourage people to download our app. So we hope to get thousands of new listeners from our drive up to Sacramento. And uh, I would just ask you for your prayers. And if you haven't received Archbishop Sheen's uh, called and chosen priest retreat to give to your parish priest, do it now. Go to our website. Right. You can download it. It's right there. And also it's on the app, too. It's right when you open hey. the app. It's right there. So I can just click on it. And uh, and we'll get that to you. And this is how we're building up the priest. We need to do that. This is uh, Thursday. This is the day we commemorate also every Thursday uh, for when the priesthood began on Holy Thursday. Also mm -hmm. the Holy Eucharist, the Mass. Can you imagine what we would be doing if we, we the church wouldn't be the church without the Eucharist? Amen. So I, I want to encourage you to really go to our app and download Fulton Sheen's Treasure and Clay, excuse me, called and chosen, and send that to your priest. Listen to it yourself. You'll be edified by what he has to say. You're, he's going to act like, you're going to hear it and go, man, this is like he's talking in 2022 because mm -hmm. of the things he's going to talk about. So I want to encourage you to do that. Tell your friends to do it. We want a holy priesthood because a holy priest, holy people. This is the axiom the church has always believed in. And I want to ask you to be a link in the chain, but I can't force you. You have free will. But mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you right now, take a minute at this break to go download the Fulton Sheen Priest Retreat. Give it to your priests, your friends. Give it to a young man 
I mm-hmm. have, who may I, be discerning. Yeah, exactly. I know many, many young men that are priests today because of Fulton Sheen's priest retreat. Yes, I know bishops that are bishops today because of Fulton Sheen's priest retreat, and I also know many Catholics that are converts because of priest retreat by Bishop Sheen. That's how important is. this is. Hey, uh, also, I just want to remind you, if you want to become a monthly donor here at Virgin Most Powerful, you can go to vmpr.org. If you donate at least $25, that's it. And if you want to do more, I appreciate it. That pays the bills. But you're going to get downloads of cons- of all kinds of material that I've had the blessing to record over the last 30 or 40 years. And it'll yeah, be all pl- plus uh, uh, original content that we produce month to oh. month. Exactly. And our in our fireside chat that we talk every mm-hmm. week, every month I should say. Yes. Wow. Hey, when we come back, our lady of Akita, let's talk about that and much more on the Terry and Jesse show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. To join the conversation, call 888 888- Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Actually, it's Terry and Matt Arnold sitting in for Jess Romero. I hope you're finding this show informative and also inspirational in the sense of our Catholic faith. Because now we're going to tie in the message of Our Lady of Akita. And why am I saying this? Because let's face it, right now as we listen, we hear, you know, world leaders from Russia, from around the world warning uh, that um, you know we're going to use maybe nuclear warheads to get this war done in the Ukraine, but think about this: in the convent of the Handmaids of the Holy Eucharist, I love that that name of their convent, <laughs> Handmaids of the Holy Eucharist in Akita, Japan, became the site of multiple supernatural events <clears throat> following the arrival of an incurably deaf novice nun named Sister Agnes. Uh, now. A month following her entrance into May, she reported these visions of a brilliant light coming from the tabernacle. Wasn't that adoration, right? (laughs) Along with the type of smoke in the sanctuary, even the multitude of being similar to angels who surround the altar in adoration. Can you picture that, folks? I sure can. Mm. We were reported and observed by even the local bishop and others saw this later Many hundreds of people witnessed the now famous statue of the Blessed Virgin weeping on 101 occasions between 1975 and 1981. But Sister Agnes also received visions of direct communication ready from her guardian angel. Imagine that. That's the role of the angel. And the Blessed Virgin Mary, some containing dire warnings and urging her and all to pray and are you ready? Acts of penance. All these, if you notice about Our Lady's messages, they all reaffirm the gospel message. Repent and believe. Now, mm-hmm. Sister received these visions directly and communications, as I say, from her guardian angel. But on August 3rd, 1973, Sister received the following message from the Blessed Virgin Mary while she was praying in the convent. And see if this applies to us now. I'm like, wow. Many men in this world afflict the Lord. In order that the world might know his anger, the Heavenly Father is preparing to inflict a great chastisement on all mankind. I have prevented the coming of the calamities by offering him the sufferings of the Son on the cross, 
his precious blood and beloved soul who consoles him, forming a cohort of victim souls. Prayer, penance, and courageous sacrifice can soften the Father's anger. Wow! Matt, I, I say this because in our it was Our Lady of Fatima, and I'm tying this back to 1917, in October, mm-hmm. the miracle of the sun in Portugal, Our Lady spoke the following, said, The work of the devil will infiltrate even into the church in such a way that one will see cardinals opposing cardinals, bishops against bishops, and the mm-hmm. church will be full of those who accept, this is a big word, compromises. That's exactly mm-hmm. what's happening. If sins increase in number and gravity, there will be no longer any pardon for them. Now, Matt, I can go on, but I, I want your take because you've studied Mariology, mm-hmm. studied different apparitions, whether it's Guadalupe, but it seems to me that this latest apparition, you know, that has been approved by the church, mm-hmm. really is speaking about our time today. You know, it's it's so interesting because so many of the features of that apparition to Our Lady of Akita are are held in common with the apparitions to uh, Mother Mariana of Jesus 400 years ago down it's in Quito, Ecuador. Amazing. Um, the 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 first apparition of Our Lady um, came after. Well, no, that I, 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 I misspeak. All right. She she'd spoken to her before, but um, there was a very pivotal moment, uh, you know, that had to do with the miraculous statue of the Blessed Virgin as she had appeared to Mother Mariana, and it happened in the context of something very similar, where Mother Mariana was at prayer in the middle of the night, you know, midnight. Sure. And in, you know, she's up in the upper choir. She looks down into the church, and what does she see? A vision of the Trinity in the tabernacle. Wow. And the light coming from the tabernacle. And who's Love it. who does she see in the light? Uh, uh, worshiping the divine majesty. It's the archangels. Yep. Right. You know, again, so again, the, the angels in the light and worshiping the, the, uh, blessed Trinity in the tabernacle, all those, uh, you know, very kind of specific seeming, um, incidents that, that these have in common. And again, there's a miraculous statue and, and thousands of people witnessing the miracle mm-hmm. and, and so on. And our lady of good success talked about the 20th century being a time of great upheaval in the world and in the church and she talked about, especially after the midpoint of the 20th century, yes, um, the rise of immorality, even amongst uh, uh, Catholics. She said it was like a like a filthy ocean that touched everything. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty strong that's language. Very strong. And, and talks about, you know, she talks about the sacraments and how all of the sacraments will be profaned. She talks about um, sacrilegious communion. Wow. Not only not only that that the enemies of the church instigated by the demon would steal host. Mm. Right. Yes. Uh, and, and that's the thing. Four hundred years ago, oh, how would you steal a host? You know, I mean, you put a gun to somebody's head, maybe break yeah. into the church in the middle of the night. Now, I, I'm, you know, I, I don't mean to be controversial, but it's a simple fact that virtually anyone in the world can walk into any Catholic church and receive a consecrated host just by putting out their hands. That's right. You know, and so, again, priests and deacons, if you're listening, uh, anyone who might be an extraordinary minister, you make sure that. The communicants consume those hosts, yes, because they're being stolen in, in you know with the specific intent of desecrating them. Yes, uh, Our Lady said, "My my son will see his sacred body trampled upon by irreverent feet." Wow, you know, yeah, it, it, it's strong stuff. And uh, she also, you mentioned that uh, we're fifty percent down in Catholic weddings. Yep, um, you know that that comes with a uh, an attendance statistic. If Catholic weddings are down fifty percent, then Catholic infant baptisms 
are down 50% as well. And they are, you know, if, if you're not getting married in the church, chances are you're not going to raise your kids in the church and all these dire things. But she said, well, one other thing, she talked about Ecuador becoming a Republic and that one day there would come an authentically Catholic president. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, it, it was really fulfilled by Don Gabriel Garcia Moreno. And he was, he was the president of Ecuador. What but, year was that, Matt? Uh, that was in the 18, late 1800s. You know, they, um, Ecuador, like a lot of Latin American countries, had been taken over in a Freemasonic-inspired yep. revolution. And the Freemasons, you know, and they were very iconoclastic. They were busting up churches. They were, uh, um, you know, making the religious orders leave the country and that yep. sort of thing, uh, suppressing Catholic worship. And then he came along and, and reopened things, so to speak, conspired with the local bishop to um, consecrate Ecuador to the sacred heart of Jesus. Yes. You know, built a, built a, a basilica church to the, um, to the sacred heart was very dedicated to our lady, prayed the rosary every day, you know, that, that kind of thing. He was murdered. He was actually uh, martyred by, uh, wow. by Masonic assassins Wow. because he was such a, but the point is though, I mean, most people don't know about Garcia Moreno. It's interesting. If you go back to, to Sheen's time yes. or, or Robert Hugh Benson, uh, or uh, Father Lavazic and his early writings in the 50s, they talk about him like he's a household name, hmm. you know, and yet in the 60s, uh, the stories about Garcia Moreno just disappeared. Yep. You know, because but the, but the fact is, that tells you that, you know, the, the church, um, while I think we're we're pro monarchy in a lot of ways, uh, yeah. certainly the Christ, the king being yeah, the prime example. But um, but, you know, there's no particular political system that the church endorses. And, and Garcia Moreno proves that you can be an authentic Catholic and be the president of a republic at the same time. Amen. You know, I mean, it's not an either or situation. Somebody needs to, you know, I mean, think maybe we need to to look to him as an example uh, sure. for Catholic politicians. Absolutely. Know? But at, at the end of the things, though, it, it's the same as Our Lady of Fatima talked about the triumph of the Immaculate Heart. Right. That Our Lady of Good Success said that just when everything seemed lost and paralyzed, that would mark the arrival of her hour when she would crush the head of Satan, right? Absolutely. Which is an obvious uh, uh, reference to Genesis 3.15. Yep. And, uh, you know, she talked about a lot of things. She talked about, oh, the crisis in the priesthood. Matt, you know, can I hold you for a second? Yeah. I, I really, when you talked about the crisis in the priesthood, I remember, mm -hmm. now you're going to be <clears throat> you're coming to the chapel August 13th, you don't know it, but you know you do. Okay. I talked about this. <laughs> August 13th, you're going to be giving a, a, a day presentation on Our Lady of Good Success. We will stream it like we normally do at the chapel. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you're going to cover this. We can't cover all of it, you know, in two Obviously, segments. You know, yeah, sure. But there's so much more of this. But the very fact that you talked about the crisis in the priesthood and how we're giving away Archbishop Sheen's called and chosen priest retreat to help build right. up priests— when we come back from the break, this is a teaser, you can tell. I want to know, I mean, 400 years ago, what Our Lady said about the priesthood that is like, Absolutely. what, Absolutely. applying it to today in the 21st century. This is Our Lady's message. And again, you know, all of these messages is really a reaffirmation of the gospel because it couldn't be any other gospel. There's only one gospel. That's and right. our Lord, think about this, chose Mary to be the vessel to bring Christ into this world. So doesn't it make sense she would come back through these apparitions and encouraging her children because of her love for the salvation of souls? It just makes sense to me that she would mm -hmm. do that. And so when we come back from the break, Matt Arnold will talk more about Our Lady of Good Success. And by the way, I just wanted, I got a little note here. People asked, when did 
Our Lady of Akita get approved. It was Easter Sunday, April 22nd, 1984. Bishop John issued a pastoral letter declaring the events of Akita to be supernatural, including the miracle involving the permanent restoration of Sister Agnes's hearing, as the Blessed Virgin Mary had promised her on May 30th, 1982. All of these apparitions, you need to study them. And I want to give a plug to our first Saturday devotion group that we started a couple months ago at here at the Sacred Heart Chapel. The first Saturday of each month, we have confessions. We have uh, praying the rosary. We have silence before the Blessed Sacrament. We start at 3 in the afternoon. 3.45 is confessions. 5 o'clock mass. And after mass, we have a potluck so that we can socialize with you and get to know you better. And we're going to be implementing the Fatima message here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. So stay with us, family. What Matt has to say about the priesthood, I think, might stun you. And not, not much, much more, not just on the priesthood, but Our Lady had also made predictions 400 years ago that are just astounding because you think about how did she, you know, what, 400 years ago? Mm-hmm. It's just a remarkable message. And then again, on August 13th, mark your calendar, that's where Matt will do a whole day seminar on Our Lady of Good Success here at the Sacred Heart Chapel. We will stream it for those who are in other locations. Stay with us, family. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show. Matt Arnold's filling in for Jess, Our Lady of Good Success. Pray for us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Matt Arnold is very informative. Every time I have him on filling in for Jesse, I learn different things about Our Lady and our faith. So, Matt, this little teaser I said, you're getting ready to tell us about what Our Lady said about the crisis in the priesthood 400 years ago. Please do. That's right. Now, again, remembering that this is 400 years ago, and she's talking about second half of the 20th century. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at, you know, I'm going to share some statistics from, say, 1965 is the close of Vatican II and 2000. 2001 and that that range okay mm-hmm. second half of the 20th century sure. she said that there was going to be a crisis in the priesthood because of lack of vocations mm. right and in that time period yep. 65 to 2000 in the united states in 1965 there were 49,000 seminarians incredible by the turn of the century there were 4700 wow that's over 90% decrease yep and two thirds of all the seminaries closed in that period of time, because they they simply didn't have the vocations to sustain them. She also said that the effects of secular education would be one of the reasons for the lack of priestly and religious vocations. Terry, let me ask you, how many how, how much secular education was there 400 years ago? Zero. You know, but she foresaw this for the second half of the 20th century, and and we saw a rise of secular education amongst Catholics because half of the Catholic high schools closed. Yeah, that's right. In the, in that same time period, she said. Uh, um, also that the, uh, you know, she, she saw the, the vocations crisis or not the vocations crisis, but the, but the abuse crisis as well. Wow. You know, she said that, uh, these depraved priests would, would cause opprobrium to fall upon all priests, mm. you know, even though it was only a small amount of them, yeah. that it would be taken out on everybody. And she said that the sacred sacrament of holy orders will be ridiculed, oppressed, and despised. That's what's happening. And it is, it is most certainly happening. 
And, you know, I mean, the, the sex abuse scandal is largely a self-inflicted wound. But, of course. But look, but look at the way, I mean, she says that the depraved priests who will scandalize the Christian people incite the hatred of the enemies of the church to fall upon all priests. She said the Holy Father would have much to suffer. Yep. And, and again, all of these things are true. Now, there's always light at the end of the tunnel, though, right? We're talking about the gospel message here. We're not talking about, you know, uh, the, the triumph of Satan or the triumph of the world. Right. She's, she said the apparent triumph of Satan, and we'll underline apparent, will bring enormous sufferings to the good pastors of the church. And the danger is that many priests will lose their spirit and place their souls in great danger. Wow. And you can see that. I remember I, I just mentioned this on the radio the other day. Um, you remember the late Father John Hampsh? Of course, I uh, do. Charismatic priest. He said that, um, you know, that, that priests, especially, there's the danger of them falling into, uh, you know, celebrating the sacred sacraments in, in a mechanical way. Right. Even, even absolution and confession, even the Holy Mass, and that we really need to pray for them. And that's what the sisters are all about. You know, in, in Quito, Our Lady of Good Success is uh, Del Nuestra Señora uh, del Buen Suceso, right? And good success in Spanish means like a great event, Okay. Uh, the great event, of course, being the, the triumph of the Immaculate Heart. That's the ultimate yeah. great event that we're talking about. But there's also, uh, it, her title in Quito is uh, Our Lady of Good Success uh, of the Purification, mm. also known as the Presentation. And the, the sisters actually wrote an open letter back in 2017 saying that, think about the presentation, that it was at the temple in Jerusalem, all the thousands of thousands of sacrifices over centuries, the Temple of Solomon, the rebuilt temple, all these offerings to God said the greatest sacrifice ever offered in the temple of Jerusalem was when the Blessed Virgin offered Christ in the presentation. Wow, that's a statement. That, and, 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 it's, and it is an encouragement for us to pray for vocations. That, that's the, the great message here. We need priests. We need good, holy priests. We need to pray for our priests and our bishops because the vast majority of them are, are doing their best in, right. uh, in what is an almost impossible circumstance. And of course, and for uh, new vocations to succeed them. That's right. And and that's re that's really the only thing. The, the thing too, also, you know, she said that that when everything looked lost, that 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 would the, mark the arrival of her hour. When everything seems lost and paralyzed. And I want to just uh, uh, say one of my favorite quotes. Let me see it here. It's from Saint Hilary of Poitiers. So he's writing in the fourth century during the Arian crisis. Yep. And and he says here. It is a prerogative of the church that she is the vanquisher when she is persecuted, <laughs> that she captures our intellects when her doctrines are questioned, yes. and that she conquers all at the very moment when she is abandoned by all. Wow. And that's, that's just something to remember, that the church is one holy apostolic you know, and Catholic, but the church is immortal. That's right. The church will last, even if it's reduced to a remnant, it will relast until the return of Christ. Matt, I use the word resilient. Man, Very, yeah, that's that's a good word. Yeah, in other words, every time she falls, she gets up and mm -hmm. stronger from the fall. That's, that's right. What I've noticed over the 2,000-year history. Matt, again, you're going to be uh, giving a presentation August 13th. That's coming up quick here at the Sacred Heart Chapel. Uh, if people want to come to that, we're happy to. We'll, we'll get that little registration up there. Sure. Hey, and I want to mention also, I, I know that there are people out there mm -hmm. in Southern California who may have heard this presentation before. Bring somebody that hasn't. Right. Uh, come for a refresher. Right. And, uh, and you mentioned it's going to be, uh, uh, you know, it's not going to be just the one talk. No. I'm also going to be talking about how Our Lady of Good Success relates to Our Lady of Fatima. Beautiful. And how that 
relates to the peace of Christ, that promised peace, that triumph of the Immaculate Heart, how to recognize it uh, when it comes along, because we don't want to be, uh, you know, so, so full of ourselves that we miss it when it comes. Well said. So what's the message here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio? See, it is the gospel. It's mm-hmm. Our Lady. It's the Eucharist. You know what it is? It's the fundamentals of our faith. That's what we want to proclaim to the entire world. And you, our listener, is helping us do that. And I want to encourage people that we still have these little cards that you can give to people. I do it all the time, mm-hmm. encouraging them to get our download of our, our app for their phone. Because I hate to tell you this, folks, this little mechanism I have in my hand it can be anywhere in the world, and people could be listening to this show. That's, That's how right. powerful. Radio, I understand. God bless radio stations. But the technology now is going into people's hands. And I want to encourage you, if you want some cards, you can go online to vmpr.org, order them, mm-hmm. or call us at 877-526-2151. Matt, as a convert to the Catholic faith, I think it's almost, what, 25 years ago now? 26. Oh, excuse me, 26 yeah. years ago. <laughs> Um, you have had the opportunity to spend most of those Catholic years. I, I know you're teaching RCIA, but I wanted you mm-hmm. to share, the, and this is not tooting your horn, it's just it's a great grace that you've been able to uh, participate in a local parish teaching RCIA. And um, you were mentioning that it's the end of the year and we wanted to get a little feedback, but I think your RCIA program is not a typical RCIA program. Can you share what you give to your students? Well, that, well, you know, Terry, that's the thing. As as I started, you know, I mean, I took RCIA, and it was during that that I had my conversion. So I have a special place in my heart for it. Yeah. And a dozen years ago, I had friends that were coming into the church, and I sponsored them mm-hmm. and went to the class a couple of years in a row. And then when our pastor uh, moved on, mm-hmm. the new pastor asked if I would stay mm-hmm. as the instructor. You know, he's yep. familiar with my with my work. Sure. And, you know, I take it very seriously. Here's, here's what it boils down to. Tell me. The reason people like uh, the, the RCIA program that we have is because we're serious. Amen. Because I'm serious about the words of our good Lord, who said, be not many of you teachers, because you will be held to a greater account. Ooh. So I don't, you know, I mean, I have, I'm, yeah, somebody once said that opinions are like belly buttons. Everybody's got one. <laughs> and, you know, That's a good one. And, and I've got more than one, <laughs> as, you, as you might imagine. But when it comes to teaching, I teach from the catechism, I teach from the scriptures, I teach from the tradition of the church. Amen. My opinion is that's, you know, I hope that people tune into my show. They, they're interested in my opinion. But when you want to know what the church teaches, what I have to think about it doesn't even enter into the equation. That's right. Well said. No. So Matt, there it is. Just a, a quick note. Um, we had been interviewing Bishop Athanasius Snyder, and I think his success has the same <clears throat> charism that you have. He just gives people the truth and the traditions of the Catholic faith. He wrote a book called The Catholic Mass. It's put out by Sophia Press, but we have copies here at our studio. And it was so edifying to hear friends of mine who are converts say, wow, now I it, it, it is a terrific. It is a terrific book. It is a very terrific book. You know, as as long as I've studied the Holy Mass, which is since before I came into the church, and still, yep. Uh, you know, one of the one of the finest uh, uh, expositions of the of the Holy Mass that that I've seen. It's really well done. Yeah, and you can get it by calling eight seven seven five two six two one five one or go online to vmpr.org. And just a quick note, Matt, 
I'm reading mm-hmm. his next book, The Springtime That Never Came, Bishop Snyder. Ooh, okay. And another, anything, Tell us how you really feel, Bishop. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, again, I want to thank all of our listeners. I try to do it often because I really mean it. And that is, we couldn't do four years and plus of Virgin Most Powerful without our donors. As many of you know, we were on national radio. Uh, we were removed for many reasons. Re- number one reason is we have no uh, political correctness. We say it what it needs to be said. And for some, that might offend them. And I'm sorry, but uh, I think our Lord was not politically correct when he taught the gospel to the first Christians. And so I want to just say thank you. And if you want to become a monthly donor again, I give you so much catechetical material from Fulton Sheen, Dr. Michael Barber, Jesse Romero, Jeff Cavins, oh, Brant Petrie, all these wonderful speakers that I've had contact with for 43 years. goes way back to Fulton Sheen, 1979. I want to make it available to people because I'm convinced politics aren't the answer. I'm convinced it's Jesus Christ and our relationship with him and our knowledge of him and our love for him. How do we grow in faith? A lot of times it takes effort. It's a lifetime occupation. Matt, you just mentioned 26 years of studying the Mass. Mm-hmm. I've been studying the Mass since I was 15. And I like you. When I read Bishop Snyder's book, I thought this is the greatest book I've ever read you know, on the Holy Mass. And again, our church teaches the Eucharist is the source and summit of the Christian life. Ask yourself this question. How much time am I spending watching TV or YouTube videos mm-hmm. versus studying my Catholic faith? That's all I ask, and I want to encourage you to study your faith. Here at Virgin Most Powerful, we produce a lot of programs for you to study, and uh, I would encourage you to pass this on to your friends and family. Matt, I ask Jesse every single time, what state should we be living in when we close the show out? That is the state of grace, Terry. Got it. And I want to remind everybody, every show, I come back to Our Lady of Fatima's message, that souls are going to hell. Yes, because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. You know, what sacrifices can we make? Even our daily duty, Our Lady said, is a huge sacrifice. Do your homework. Go to work on time. Give your employer your best day. Yeah, make your bed. Make your bed. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's how we can save souls. Because every action is like a blank check. If Christ's name is on it, it has infinite value. Amen. So I want to thank you, and I want to encourage you to listen to the next show that we have here on Virgin Most Powerful. Yeah, Dr. Louis Sandoval. Dr. Louis, what is it? Dr. Louis Sandoval. And you'll enjoy that. Go get our app. May God bless you and your family.